You're listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of Legends of Runeterra. This episode is supported by listeners like you. To become a supporter of Legends Cast, visit patreon.com slash legendscast. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, the podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Legends of Rumpara, which is now how I'm going to do the intro basically forever. Um, Yeah, it it just gets deeper and growlier each time. Uh, Thanks for stopping by. My name is The Lift, or I go by Mark because it's my real name. I guess my name is Mark. I go by the lift. Uh, <laughs> what a hot mess. What a way to start a show. Welcome to Leg- or, uh, episode 18 of Legends of Runeterra. Um, I am one of your episode hosts. Episode 18 of Legends of Runeterra. Oh, dang yes, it. We are the game. I don't even we, think. We, <laughs> we have embodied the game. I don't even think. We've consumed it. At this point, you don't even restart. You're just like, it's going to be a hot mess. And no, we're just we going to roll. You just keep, you just keep we're, it we're recording. We're owning it. Yeah, this is what it is. Yeah. Um so yeah, so um well, welcome to the show. Um I'm one of your hosts and with me tonight is my ever faithful co-host Dead Broke Nerd. Dead Broke Nerd, how you doing, man? I'm doing okay. Maybe it would be a little better if you didn't say my name like that. Oh, come <laughs> Can't on. tell if if I love it or hate it. You love it. You definitely love it. Yeah. You wish All I was right. in the same room with you whenever I was saying it. That's that's the only thing. If you were saying that. Yeah. That, <laughs> you, dead broke nerd. Dead broke nerd. <laughs> oh, man. I, listen, I, I'm only from Virginia. All right. We're like top most state of the south all right it's the top of the top most the rest of the south doesn't even consider us part of the south anymore no you don't even count you don't even count anymore for them no no you know oh wow yeah well we got quite the episode for you guys this is gonna be just awesome it's gonna be an awesome episode we got a champion spotlight we're gonna be talking about the league we did not record last week um not well, not that. I mean, I guess in it. Uh, I don't really actually know what the word solidarity means, but we just we just felt like it wasn't the time necessarily. Last week wasn't really the time to be talking about video games. Um, this week mm. is maybe more so. The world has calmed down a little bit this week, and so we kind of felt like, you know, maybe we're we'll be back. We don't want to leave you for too long. We didn't we didn't want to comment too much, and uh, and and you know, we felt like. Sometimes, sometimes it's good to shut your mouth. Um, and in times of, yeah. of like we had last week, sometimes it's just better to not talk about video games. We just we didn't talk about video games last week, but we we want to be a consistent reprieve from the chaos of the world for those of you who you know are looking forward to escaping into the podcast every week. We don't want to take that away from you, so we're back. We're back, baby. We're back. <laughs> We're back, and uh, and we've been playing a little bit, not a not a ton. Both of us have been working a lot, but uh, but we've been mm. playing, we've been playing a bit. And I know DBN, you got a deck to talk about. What have you been? Uh, what have you been messing around with in Legends of Runeterra? Well, like like we talked about before the show. Um, for those of you who don't know, me and Mark do talk before the show. Yeah, and we do. A sometimes. lot of times, we end up talking about the same things we end up talking about here. Um, but uh, you know, it really we could we could record that and that'd be some some premium content that nobody wants 
Mm-hmm. Um, Give it just to our patron subscribers. Here's just, some trash. Just to our patron subscribers, you can hear the two of us just kind of generally complain about uh, rote routine things. Oh, man. Uh, I had a sandwich day for lunch, and it sucked. Yeah, well, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> thanks that's for that 10 bucks, level dude. Level of excitement, yeah. <laughs> thanks, for that, thanks for that 10 bucks. Here's some exclusive content. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, as we were talking about, basically, I didn't get to play much this week. So from, you know, I guess on our podcast release days, from Wednesday to Wednesday. Sure. Uh, really didn't get to play much at all. I, I would log on late at night and try to knock out my quests just to not have it overflow you know sure um in fact right now i have three quests stacked up that i need to knock one of them out before the end of the day um part of that was i just wasn't in a very competitive mood uh so i just kind of started i actually started a new bloodborne uh playthrough Mm. uh which i'm super digging for those of you familiar with bloodborne uh i'm playing a uh skill and blood tinge build so i'm trying out some of the weapons that like you literally can't use if you play any of the normal builds in the game so i'm building a really weird blood tinge focused build to play with some of like the firearms and whatnot so that's pretty exciting because i've always wanted to try that but like when i was first starting the game i knew it would be way too hard uh to do a weird build when i'm learning the learning the game uh but this will be my third playthrough so i think i'm ready ready for Uh, it yeah yeah uh, that's one. It's one of my favorite game, video games of all time. It's it's so good, um, so moody, but like the it's very immersive, which I like. But back to back to Runeterra. Um, yeah, this week I didn't get to play much, uh, just because work was kind of crazy. And uh, my lovely and awesome girlfriend moved back uh, to the area after quarantining with her family, like five hours away. So that was really mm. nice. Yeah, uh, that's just shout nice. out, shout out there uh to jennifer what so did you listen to the really show cool. uh actually she will occasionally uh not listen for very long but listen to the opening banter sometimes. <laughs> my wife uh, has never even considered listening to this 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 hot track well she she, <laughs> she likes she likes hearing us just be idiots uh, uh and and like i don't know it's definitely not every episode but the occasional one yeah um i think it's more like the wait you you do a podcast what that's weird <laughs> <laughs> and wait it's about card games what that's it, weird too it's about one specific <laughs> card game it's getting yeah. weirder wait so like is it like poker or is it like go fish can you wait 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 can you imagine a podcast about go fish strategies <laughs> It would not make many episodes for it. I can imagine it, but it just wouldn't be. Just... Now I'm just imagining doing a podcast where you cover like old, like, uh, like deck of cards, card games. Okay. Here's an episode on go fish. Here's an episode on crazy eights. Here's, here's old maid. Here's an episode on 500 rummy. <laughs> oh, that would be hilarious. Honestly, yeah, we could do, we should, we should like do like a joke episode about that at some point and just be super serious. Like the whole time yeah. is just really, really serious. <laughs> we'll, bring, we'll bring Endo on to have like a meta conversation on, uh, on war. <laughs> That would be like the most like shit posty thing. <laughs> Here's a <laughs> meta hilarious. conversation on the most random hot trash game. Like yeah. the most boring, <laughs> awful, awful experience ever. Oh, well, Jennifer, if you were looking so for terrible banter, you came to the right place. Yeah. We're glad that you got, uh, let's see here, approximately eight minutes I, into I, the show. You can discard I guarantee, it now. 
I guarantee now that like I said it, she won't listen to this one. No, <laughs> so it won't even won't even do it. Uh, but no, anyway. So that was that's been nice. So I've been very busy and just trying to like you know hang out with everybody. My climbing gym reopened, which has been absolutely incredible. Um, now I'm running around climbing with a mask on, which is different. Sure. Also, they have this. Oh, they have this like um, liquid chalk, which which is a thing. Um, I usually I've never used it before. I'd always use powder chalk, but they have this liquid chalk that has hand sanitizer mixed into it. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah, I don't know how effective it is. I'm hoping it's effective. Wow. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I got to climb again for the first time forever on Friday. I'm going again tomorrow. I'm super looking forward to it. Uh, by tomorrow, for those of you listening. It would have been yesterday, um, but anyway. <laughs> like, um, yes. So just so just so, so there's my life story, guys. But no, the, we can teleport in time travel, right? Right, we, we can. It's only two days. Only on Wednesdays and Fridays can we do this. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was playing a deck of my own creation. There is a video on my YouTube page for those of you who follow there, um, which is karma or not karma i said that before when i was telling mark too i think it's just because i'm so used to saying karma because it's been good for forever callista which i'm not used to saying because it's been awful uh, for forever because it's been awful for forever callista and lucian in a um aggressive uh build that's kind of focused on blowing up your own things but really more than blowing up your own things because i think like that's pretty obvious you know you run the butchers you run the curse keepers sure stuff like that um but i'm also trying really hard to just constantly be going very very wide get as many things on the board as possible using the undying which by the way the undying was long considered kind of a either a meme or just like a bad card because of the ability for it to sometimes clog your own board. But now that we can remove things manually sure. when we want to play a creature, the Undying's main downside is gone. Now, the other downside is that it can't block, but if you're playing an aggro deck, you shouldn't be blocking that much anyways. And hopefully there's other things to be blocking. We want to keep them on the back foot, and the way you do that is by going as wide as possible. Um, so obviously you run like the curse keepers and things that when they you know when it dies summon something i'm actually not running hapless aristocrats didn't feel the need to uh even up but you have enough, you have mean, enough you like last breath one drops yeah. right because you got that guy who who dies and he gets like another mm-hmm. two drop with last breath gets thrown into your hand and the pull for those isn't terribly large so a lot of times you get another cursed keeper and yeah the worst pull for that one is the uh toad the hungry or thorny toad. Thorny toad, yeah. Thorny that, toad. Yeah, that, that's that's the worst pull for it for sure because it does literally nothing for you. Um, but um, we're pairing it with uh, Demacia and running Lucian and Senna, which both benefit, well, Senna not so much, but Lucian benefits from things dying as well, just sure. like Callista does. Um, and then I'm also, I'm running it in such a way that I have um, uh, eight Demacia cards and 32 Shadow Isles cards um, so that I can run the uh, Mist Wraith person. What's that one? I can't remember what it's called. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the 4-3 four, four that drop. summons a 2-2 two, mm-hmm. two, two that gets more better. Yeah, off of Allegiance. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and I'm not, but I'm not running Mist Wraiths. I'm just running this one. Oh, okay, uh, okay. Um, and I'm just doing it purely 
because it puts two things on the board for the price and for the action of one. The deck just absolutely adores going wide. If you go wide, you're pushing damage even if they get optimal blocks. And if they do get optimal blocks, they're leveling up Callista, they're leveling up Lucian. Um, yeah, Templar you know, in the so chat I, said that's Wraith Caller. That's the name of the card. Wraith Caller. Caller, mm -hmm. yes, Wraith Caller. Um, and then I'm running two back to backs because they're when you're going wide, nothing's better for pushing damage or taking ridiculously good trades than back to back. Yep. Uh, so yeah, it's been killing it for me. I've got those uh, that five drop. Uh, I can't believe I can't remember these names. Um, the five drop that can kill something and then summon another thing with higher cost with like three. Uh, two cost higher. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he looks like he's got chains uh, hanging on him. Something wraith. Yeah, something. looks like a wraith. Yeah, looks like a ghost. It's cool. It looks a like a like a uh, spirit, like a, a ring wraith or whatever from Lord of the Rings. Like a yeah, Na like, Nazgul. Uh, yeah, like the ghost uh, of Jacob Marley. I really should just pull up the deck list, <laughs> but now I'm now I'm in so far working off of memory. <laughs> that Templar, it's too late. I'm saying the ghost of Jacob Marley and Templar is in chat. It's like. <laughs> It's Ethereal Remitter. Come on. <laughs> ethereal Remitter, duh. No, it's definitely the ghost of Jacob Marley. Yeah, because he has all the chains, <laughs> right? He's 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 letting Ebenezer Scrooge. He's got this like wind chime in his hand or something like that. Okay, well, you know <laughs> what? Like, you know what? You know, Probably Jacob Marley had one chimes, of those I mean, chains are just creepy wind chimes, really. <laughs> That's true. Chains, you know, chains can easily be They blow around in the wind and they, they chime. They just chime mm -hmm. creepily. Yep. Uh, yeah, you heard it here. So you want creepy wind chimes yeah. just hang chains from your porch. Yeah. So it's <laughs> anyways, it's really fun. And I kid you not, um, I think it's I've played it maybe 20 times. I've only lost three games. Wow. Um, yeah. Two of them were to championless burn, which I think is still playable. Obviously, it's just it's its matchup is way worse against decks that run removal. But because I'm another aggro deck, they 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 generally outrace me. Mm. Uh, although I have beaten it uh, with my build, it's just slightly disfavored. Um, and the other loss was to a um, Lux Karma Karma Control, yeah, 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 or whatever. But it was where they managed to get down that five drop tough life steal on five. Um. Can't remember the name of it. And then the next round, where because Radiant of the Spellman, they Guardian. banked Radiant Guardian. And then the next one, they made it so that it never dies uh, on turn six. Ooh. So it was it was rough. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't win that one. Needless mm. to say. Yeah, that hurts. But um, yeah, and I will say that like it does because it's going so wide. You're still getting damage through, even if they can get like a lifesteal minion down. It's not the end of the world because unlike a championless burn, which is usually kind of committing to winning as fast as possible and hoping they don't have healing uh this deck keeps up a steady attack you know being able to you know keep cards in your hand with like warden's prey which is summoning more last breaths uh glimpse beyond uh but then also keeping those threats on the board with especially with if you get undying out early like let's say especially off of the oblivious islander or something like that those things just they, they just they stick around for forever you know you can ethereal remitter them and then you you net uh a five drop on top of the five drops that you're the three four that you're summoning plus mm -hmm. growing your undying i mean you can just keep things keep them on the back foot you know keep uh the creatures flowing uh because you don't mind getting them you don't mind killing them off for a glimpse beyond in fact sometimes you glimpse beyond just to get something out of the way 
uh, or just to get that level up on Callista or on um, on Lucian. Lucian. So yeah. yeah, really, really cool. I I've been absolutely adoring the deck. Now I don't know how it fares against this Tempo Sejuani that we've been seeing. I I there's I, a lot of that around. Yeah, I haven't. I I'm I'm interested too because like I think there are some things that would really hurt it. Some, like I think Ember Maiden would be tough to for my deck to play around except if i get the cursed keeper down in which case it's beneficial mm-hmm. so it's i'm really interested to see how that matchup plays but because i haven't played in the week since tempo sejuani and like the tempo they who endure both, yes uh, uh, those, are very popular those two right have now. kind of become really popular I, that's about when i stopped playing or stopped playing very much such that i haven't seen those so well, I have played a decent amount this week, and I have seen a tremendous amount of Sejuani, and I want to remind everybody that I have been playing Sejuani since day one. It was the card I was pretty much most excited about in the release. It was my first three champions crafted, and I have been playing them in a subpar version of the currently very popular deck, because I have been playing a Sejuani Ash deck focused on Ash, when evidently I should have been playing it focused on Sejuani, because Sejuani is very strong. Um, so there's this there's this like new sort of like tempo mid-range meta um that has come out and uh and Sejuani is everywhere. Like literally probably eight out of my ten games are against Sejuani of some version, either with Bilgewater or Noxus typically. So there is a lot of that going around the meta right now. And if you're looking for ways to beat it, I don't know that I have a tremendous amount of help i'm sure there's some good stuff out there i actually think that like with the with that being run so much i think that there's some room to run some like more heavy control sort of like anivia like frail yard shadow isles yeah war mothers or or really anything with rumination because the the point is Mm -hmm. is that they get a pretty big board with like pretty beefy creatures which is exactly what i was trying to do but their goal is to, to really keep some damage on the face and steal your cards. And if you can run to keep their deck, their keep, they keep their hand going by stealing your cards um, and they win the board really easily. And so if you can, if you can just like wipe their board, it's, it's, a, I think it would be better. So I think that that's something I want to try out, but I played, um, I got for the first time, got into Yasuo this Yasuo this week. So I played a huh. Lee Sin Yasuo deck that was playing Noxus Ionia. Um, and I was playing, you know, a lot of the stun package, but a little bit more of sort of like, I mean, a lot of the stun package is spells already. So it just made sense for Lee Sin to go in the deck that you could stun stuff, challenge stuff with Lee Sin, strike stuff with Yasuo. So I was playing Yasuo Lee Sin and they're they're kind of cool thematically to play together as well. You know, they both come from the same faction, but they're cool thematically to play together. And I had a lot of fun with the deck. It's kind of cool. It's pretty tricky. So like the the return and then release, whatever the one is that like recalls something mm-hmm. to your hand and then you can throw something onto the board is actually a really fun card and it is it is a super tricky card. And I find that like you can get your opponent to misplay against that card pretty easily. So things like I throw down my stun spider, right? And stun something, then they attack and I block with it or they try to target it to get rid of it. And I return it to my hand and then I summon a shadow assassin for one mana out of my hand 
to get a Tutu Elusive and draw a card. And then I can restun something again now with my spider because it's back in my hand that I can play next turn. And uh, and I've just found it, it, it's fun. It's creative, it's fun, and I've enjoyed it. And the other thing that I have played is a Fizz Teemo Shrooms deck. Fizz huh. Teemo. I don't actually that have any fun. idea why Fizz is in it. I don't think that Fizz is good in it. It, it. It's not really focused on dealing damage. Like there's, it, it really isn't. Like there's no reason for Fizz to be in it. Like, it, but it, I just, I felt like they're both Yurtles, and so, which I didn't know. But I guess Fizz is an ocean Yurtle, which I was completely unaware of. I thought it was he was like his own shark race, but evidently he's some sort of a, a water faring Yurtle. And so, um, I've been playing that, and and you know maybe that makes me a bad person because I'm playing Teemo or whatever, but. I hardly ever win. I like, I basically never, ever, ever, ever win. Um, like, I'm just like, you know what? I have 140 mushrooms in their deck. If they draw 30 right now, they'll die. You know, <laughs> like, of yeah. course, that's an exaggeration. Can't go above 20 life, but still, that's kind of like the scenario. And so I, I lose a lot, but I played it a good bit. Um, and tweaked it and messed around with it and found it fun because you you create, I thought, you know what, you create all these mushrooms cards, right? To throw mushrooms in your opponent's deck. And that makes Fizz elusive and levels up Fizz. So they go together, right? Right. It doesn't end up working out that way. Um, then the last deck that I played, which was a lot of fun. It's not good. I did, I think I went from gold four to gold three with it and then back down to gold four. Um <laughs> Because it's not great, but it's a lot of fun. And that is Lux Vi Mage Seekers. So the PNZ and Demacia, you get the two six cost spells that uh, DBN has talked about before when Mage Seekers first got tweaked. The problem is, is that Mage Seekers are bad. That's the problem. Like the, you're building your entire deck around skipping your first two turns so that you can play a six mana spell. And then the rest of it is just bad. And you're just like, why? Do I have any of these mage seekers in here? And why don't I just have karma? Um, and so that's yeah. that's kind of the tough part. But I really like like you, it it runs the unyielding spirit. And so you have two options, right? Or three options, because you could get a radiant guardian and you can unyielding spirit that, which is very good. And then you can also get it on Lux and you can get it on Vi. And Vi with unyielding spirit is tremendous. And then it also runs the combo where it runs one copy of judgment so that once you if you do get to level up vi then you can use judgment and crush them um and so it's been fun it was a fun deck and i tried to play it competitively because i was like maybe this is good because i was winning a lot with it in casual and um it's not it's not good but it's fun it's a really fun deck to play and uh you know getting your free detains and and your it, yeah you know it's fun it's Age just not seekers great. are cool man i just it, you got it's tough to find the right place for them yeah, where they're not outshined by something else. Yeah, and and Lux is really cool, but Lux is just so much better in combination with Karma. Like she just is, yeah. because like the yeah. doubling of spells, like she's she's underwhelming playing a six mana spell and getting her one spell into your hand each turn. She's so much better when you have her leveled up Karma on the board and you throw down a six mana Redemption and you get two. I guess and they multiply to four. Oh, it's so much better. Yeah. I guess what needs to happen to make that jump that mage seekers would be played, um, would be, you know, a spell or really maybe not even a spell, but a play style 
where it benefits you from not playing that slower game that Karma wants to play with Lux, where instead you're trying to play a much more up-tempo style than you can do. And, you know, you need to find that faction that affords you that, you know, and, and giving you tools that you want that Ionia can't match. Because that's the thing about Ionia uh, with, like, Lux. It's such a natural pairing because you have two of the best spells in the game that are more expensive called Deny and, and Will, Will of Ionia. Yeah. And it's so hard to say, oh, I'm playing Lux and I want to play expensive spells so I can get these zero costs in my hand. Well, it's really hard to give up A, Deny, which protects you and your Lux and that investment, uh, but also Will of Ionia, which is just a hard counter to anything that goes tall, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, I think it would be cool if, if the mechanic had sort of like a Riptide Rex type of card, right? Where there was like an eight cost that like obliterated the board if you had played a six cost spell earlier this game. The, the yeah. problem is that it, that might get abused in other decks and wouldn't actually be only used in Mage Seekers. But I just feel like after turn four, like the Mage Seekers lose their power spike it's like you skip one skip another redemption then you play a six five and then you have nothing you're out of gas with the cards that benefit from that six cost spell and it would be good if like you mm -hmm. could play some champions and then you could get like a really good top end like really good finish or mid-range card that was directly affected by the fact that you had played a six cost spell earlier in the game um i think that would be cool for mage seekers but might not get it right well, and the other thing, too, you have to look at, like, uh, if you're looking for spells, right, that cost six or more, you know, the, the options are fairly limited. Um, now, I will say one of the tempting ones that's, like, if you're looking outside of Demacia, obviously, mm -hmm. um, you can look at Atrocity, which is really interesting. Oh, but, of course, then you need bigger things to, to kill to want to play it. And that's the other thing. You're never going to play Atrocity in the early to mid game. And that's that's what this is really about, like, yeah. with these Mage Seekers. You want to play that on six turn cost three. spell on turn three or turn four and a and, and you also need to not die before then which is the other difficult thing you know so you're really looking at um a couple different things which is remembrance um and then you have unlicensed innovation um because those are the two things that are actually going to get you on the board and not dying mm -hmm. early on if you look at all the other six cost or higher spells they all either require creatures uh, to be beneficial, uh, harsh winds is kind of the exception in that it sort of stalls, but it doesn't yeah. actually kill anything. And reckoning require like reckoning requires a creature. Hextech transmogulator is too random to be used. For Demacia requires a creature. Back to back requires a creature. Dawn and dusk requires a creature. Brute awakening, the reversal of it back to six may actually be a potential answer. Oh, that's a good. That's a good um, point. Mage seekers and, with spiders. Right. And that also, you know, you can run the three brood awakenings. You can run the three remembrance. Uh, and then you have plenty of things to play on turn three with full spell mana that actually puts something on the board to protect you. Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah. And of course, after that, you're opening yourself up to saying, okay, well, what else do we have, uh, you know, in Shadow Isles that can support the mage seekers? Uh, well, you know, Glimpse Beyond gives you some, you know, resource extension. They could potentially help you with, you know, running out of steam like you were talking about with the with the mage seekers. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and and of course, 
the the bigger thing I'm wondering here is like, would where do you go when it comes to champs? You know, if you're looking at, uh, okay, I know I want to play Demacia, I know I want to play with Lux. Well, um, you know what what really goes with it? And I'm looking at Thresh Hecarim potentially. Thresh definitely is a great option because of its ability to control the board. Um, you know, there there's options there. There really are. Um, you also could just say, well, screw it. I'm going to go and grab something like a Fiora just for the value game. Okay, I slam Fiora, uh, Fiora challenge something. It's cheap. It gives me a creature on turn three if I don't have one of those. Uh, Big spells. Whatever spells to play, right. Um, so, yeah. I mean, you could even go Elise and like blend spiders and mage seekers. I don't think it'd necessarily be great. Um, but it's it's on the table, and you know, at least isn't a bad two drop to play on two to slow the game down because that's the other thing. You know, I played around with it with PNZ running unlicensed innovation, and you basically were completely dedicated to the game plan of playing a six cost spell on turn three, and you get one blocker. Of course, that was during the days of Championless Burn, where you didn't have a recourse; it was an auto concede. Mm -hmm. um, but like potentially, if you played a lease on two. Um, and you stack a, a spell man, and then you get to turn three, and yeah, you can't play a six cost spell, um, but you could play one on turn four and drop another three. So then we're we're not in a bad spot. So I think there's options there. Uh, Brute Awakening being taken back to six gives you gives us a new option there. Yeah. Where before I think it was really just unlicensed innovation and uh, uh, remembrance. Yeah, and these decks might not be good. Well, but they will be interesting. Well, and you also, I mean, if that, that was us just looking at six costs spells, by the way. You also do have Vengeance and Ruination. So, oh, that's true. That's uh, true. You know, I mean, you obviously you can't play those on three. Uh, but yeah, uh, Vengeance, Ruination both help with that. Um, I mean, theoretically, you know, that wouldn't be too bad to play on four would be a, a vengeance or something like that but if for some reason you just drawn characters throughout the game and you need to kind of reset things uh, and of course get your mage seekers leveled up vengeance is the way to do it like i said i think the the best situation the ideal situation is get it on three have play spell at summon something and then get those mage seekers getting slammed on curve which is part of my problem with the mage seeker design Actually, I know we're going really into Mage Seekers. Yeah, this is this is deep. This is topic. a deep look at Mage Seekers right now. Yeah, for no I got you. I got you intrigued. You you did. I I'm I'm fully intrigued now for sure. <laughs> uh, but my other problem with Mage Seeker uh, is the Mage Seeker Persuader. That's the biggest one. It really doesn't do anything by the time you can play a six cost spell. Mage Seeker Investigator. So Mage Seeker uh, Persuader is the two mana three two. Mm -hmm. It's plus one plus one and challenger. Once you've cost a six plus cost spell this game. So once you've played a six cost spell, it's a two mana four three with challenger. That's that's good surface level, but you're never gonna play it on curve with that. Um, and in my mind, if you're gonna play a two drop, you want it to be something that's optimal on curve because on turn six or seven yeah okay like a two mana four three with challenger could be good but it's not a top deck that's going to seal a game for you and since it's not a top deck that's going to seal a game for you and it's not good on curve you shouldn't run it and it, if you it, don't run a, it then why are you, you run, running you any run of it. the mage seekers 
Like, right? right. Like, that's so, the question that can be asked, right? Because there's only three of them. <laughs> so, well, and I mean, I think they want you to play it with P and Z and run the six drop guy or five five drop. Something um, dude. Yeah, let me look at it. It's uh, I opened it up so I can look because now you're right. I did get intrigued. The unstable voltition, which is the five mana four four that gets plus four and quick attack once you cost a six plus cost spell this mm-hmm. game. They want you to combine it with P and Z. It's just is unlicensed innovation good enough? Well, at that point, you start doing exactly what you said before, which is that I don't think there's enough else that you get out of PNZ besides some simple removal spells, you know, that you couldn't get out of karma. Um, and I mean, that's really just the problem. Yep. Uh, which is, it keeps coming back to help you. Yeah. What's going to help you with this? I don't, I don't know. I want it to be good. It's fun. And I, and I had fun with it playing in a couple of days, but that, but that was my week. That was my week in, in LOR. Um, so I am kind of, this was we, probably we our longest, because there's some news. This is probably our longest time talking about our weeks. Yeah. 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 There's ever. some news and things we, we need to move on. So let, let, let's move on. But before we move on, there is uh there's a handful of things that we need. There's like some orders of business, right? Business. Um, there's some orders of business. So before you go and talk about the league that is starting up like mm-hmm. in a week, two weeks, like a le- there's a league starting up like two weeks. I need to go over a couple of stuff from our supporters. We had a couple of patrons um, who joined up, and I probably have read a couple of you before, but that's okay. We're gonna go over the Brady S pledging that seven bucks a month. Thank you so much for that. Woo. Aaron H pledging that ten bucks a month back at the end of May. Thank you for that. And our latest one, Brendan G pledging that ten bucks a month. Thank you for that. Um, and boy. yeah, Bre- Brendan is is Ian's boy. So thank you so much for doing that. You guys are awesome. Um, you encourage us and keep the show going. We deeply appreciate every single patron. And if you want to support the show, you too can go over to patreon.com slash legendscast. And it is there that you can financially support our show and back what we're doing, which is giving us the ability to like, put prizes together for the leagues and buy the hats that we give away and that sort of stuff. It, it doesn't offset all of that cost. Obviously we are investing money more than we're making in the show way more, but it helps we're offset some of that anything. cost. Yeah. We're not making a thing. <laughs> we're in the hole, but it's offsetting some of that cost. We're doing it because we enjoy it very much. So, but it, it, it helps us. So thank you for doing that. I want to mm-hmm. say we had, I think three new reviews. I think we had three new reviews. Yes. So we had three new reviews. And uh, the first one is entitled Don't Burp in My Mask by KHLH. And it says, I've got nothing but love for Mark and Ian. Two fantastic guys who love card games and banter, obviously. They always have super insightful and helpful tips for the game. And their guests are always great. I loved watching these guys grow through Tesla. And now L-O-R, my favorite podcast by far. Much love, Salty. Salty, thank you so much for leaving that five-star yes. rating and review. We got Tenacious B07 that says Legends Cast equals best cast. Legends Cast with the Lift and Dead Broke Nerd is a must-listen if you want to further further enjoy Legends of Runeterra. Every episode is full of witty commentary, informative discussions, and all-around entertaining content. Content, content, content. I love listening every week. It's definitely made me a better LOR player. That's 
unbelievable that anything that I've said has helped you become a better LOR player. That's amazing. Last one is from Eschler, Eschler92. Like listening to friends, he says. Remember, this might be one of my favorite comments we've received. Remember when you uh, used to sit around the lunch table with friends and talk about your favorite game and joke around. This is just like that if you want to stay in the know about Legends of Runeterra. It's obvious how much Lyft and DBN love the community and the game. Plus, the Lyft's little words of wisdom at the end of each episode are always great. And I love that because it was about like sitting around with your friends. And I've really mm-hmm. felt like we've sort of fallen into that in the in the show. Yeah. Um, you know, that wasn't necessarily the case when things got started, but I've I've sort of felt like I don't know, when we get on late Wednesday, I've often worked, you know, twelve or thirteen hours that day. I'm typically tired, but like I come alive when we do the countdown and get ready to get in the show. Cause it is, it feels like hanging out with friends and talking about my favorite card game. And so I'm glad that that translates to, you know, the listener base because that's really how it feels here. So that's awesome. That's really great. So thank you. And if you want to leave us a five-star rating and review, we'll give you a shout out and we put you in a drawing to win a Legends cast hat. Um, It is a really nice flex fit snap back um, embroidered black on black with a gold logo Legends cast hat. It's really, really nice. Um, we made sure that we did a nice hat. It's not a junk hat that you can win. We do a drawing once a month, and we draw from all the people who have left us five-star ratings in reviews. So go to iTunes and do that. I understand it's a pain in the rear end, and some of you have had to like like literally hijack your dad's phone or something to be able to leave a five-star rating in review. And why does your dad have an iPhone and you don't? And when did that happen? Because now I'm getting old. I thought iPhones were still cool, and now I'm an old oh, dad Mark. with one, and all the kids are getting the Androids now. And the, the, the Androids. C- the Samsungs. And the Samsung 12s. And <laughs> I don't know what happened, but somehow or another I got old. So, uh, <laughs> and I'm completely out of the loop. But yeah, uh, leave us a five-star rating review. We'll give you a shout-out on the show, put you in the drawing for that hat. It helps people find us, and it is a free way for you to show really phenomenal support for what we're doing. So please go and just do that thing. Yep. Tell us about the league, Ian. What's going on with that? Yeah, so a couple updates on the league. By the way, this is an important announcement for everyone. I have a couple of them. Uh, the first one, uh, we are going to go ahead and put a final sign-up date uh, by which you must final sign up. Final uh, so that is going to be 12.01 a.m. on Tuesday the 16th. So before... Tuesday the 16th. So that's going to be when you guys listen to this releases on Friday, you'll have Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, three days to sign up. You do that by coming on into the discord and there's a sign up form that is pinned in the league chat, uh, in the league signups part, uh, channel. Um, so you can click on that, follow the link, fill it out. You'll be good to go and you'll be signed up. We need that time. We need to close it because the league will start on the 21st. Pairings will come out for the first week. You'll be given your groups that you'll be playing in and you'll have, of course, one week from the 21st through to the 27th, uh, the end of the 27th, I believe, uh, to complete your uh, first week's match. Um, So we're still working on getting uh, some of the details ironed out and answering some questions. And so we do have a couple um frequently asked questions i did want to address yep. um first off obviously uh i 
I did forget about this uh, when we first announced it, and it was one of the things that I immediately was reminded of, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Um, unlike other uh, card games that I've played where I was spoiled, uh, there is an NA and an EU server, and they are not compatible. Not so, yet. Not yet. Uh, not yet. Hopefully that will get bridged at some point. But for now, uh, that's not something we can do. So we have a lot of EU players who are fans of the show and who hang out in our Discord and chat, and they still want to play and contribute. So for right now, um, we are going to have uh, an EU bracket. Um, so do, playing the groups like you would normally play the groups. Um, I think did I explained that last week where you'll be how we'll be dividing it up. I may not have for in case I didn't. Um, basically, the way it'll work is that we will have uh, you put into groups of four or six depending on what is the easiest to split up based on our total number um and from those groups uh the winner of each group will play in a bracket uh tournament uh single elimination and then we'll the winner will get the prize of uh, a hat and uh some uh, uh was it google play i think is what we we said it was a gift card so you can go and you can buy some sweet emotes uh, or a, a board or card back or whatever for Runeterra or use it on something else if you want. Uh, and then also the winner of the entire thing will be invited uh, onto the show if they would like as a guest. Um, we can talk about the, you know, the, the games and stuff that they played and their strategies and just, you know, hang out like friends around a lunch table. Yeah, um, friends around a lunch table just getting out your decks. Mm -hmm. Getting out your yeah, decks. Yeah, showing each other. Showing each doing. other yeah, what's I, got your I decks under the lunch table. Yep. Yeah, uh, making some trades, you know. Making, yeah, I gotta make. We can't do that, but that would be cool. My buddy Joe yeah. always swindled me out of my best cards at the lunch table. There you go. Always, <laughs> man. Damn it, Joe. BattleTech, Pokemon, Magic: The Gathering. Everything. He always he would just my wear Charizard. me, dude. He would just wear me down, dude. Real quick horror story. I had a holographic blast toy since sixth grade and a water deck and I played water cards and I left them in my pants pocket and my mom washed and dried my entire deck of cards oh, and ruined them. That's and I so wept. ironic. I wept. Oh, you awful. wept. Wait, 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 wait. You wept after your Pokemon deck of water cards got put through the wash. Dude, I'm telling you, I wept through so much water. There was, <laughs> there was a water representation at every stage in the process. My mom that didn't feel bad. I quit collecting brilliant. after that, though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. brilliant. What is there anything um, else about leagues? I'm, I'm yeah, so sorry. Back to the league stuff. Um, I do want to clear up some confusion. Uh, we are kind of doing a very different approach when it comes to how we're doing uh, like decks and lineups and our our the the way we're doing it is so that ideally there is as little admin needed as possible. Uh, we want both on our side as the, the tournament organizers, but also, or the league organizers, the league, not a tournament, um, but also on the side of the players. We don't want them to have to screenshot a bunch of deck lists and upload things. We don't want to have to do a bunch of bookkeeping. Um, and because I think that there's a lot of people, myself included, who just don't, that's the biggest barrier to playing online tournaments is the bookkeeping. I hate making deck list screenshots and sending them and and doing you know that extra process and even though the strategic element of me likes banning i just sometimes i just don't feel like doing that you know for a casual thing online right um so we're trying to kind of really the what we're going for here is less a tournament and more a friday night magic 
vibe. Exactly. You know, exactly. That's what we're going for here. Building community. Like you go to your local shop, sit down, just play some games. Right. Exactly. Um, so, so that's, that's the vibe. And so in keeping with that, I just want to clear up the way the format is working. Um, so it is, and I always mix them up, but I'm pretty sure I'm being told by everyone. It's conquest, not, not last year of standing conquest for those of you who played hearthstone or, or tessel, uh, where basically once you win with the deck, uh, you put it away. Yep. So you have access to three decks. You don't have to send a, a deck list to your opponent. You, there's no ban stage. You say, oh, hey, we're friended. Okay, you ready to play? Yes, you pick a deck and you queue it. Um, once that happens, once you play that, that game, uh, if you lose, you can play, keep playing that deck. You can switch and play one of your other two decks. Yeah. Um, but if you win that game, you retire that deck. And when you retire that deck, you retire those two factions. So you can go and say, all right, uh, now I'm going to queue up. Uh, let's say I played my uh, Demacia and Shadow Isles Lucian Callista deck, right? Yep. Let's say I play that. And because that deck is really super strong, I won. The best one. Right? Well, now I retire that deck, so I can't play that deck again. But I also can't play any Shadow Isles or any Demacia deck because that those factions were represented so now i can go and i can say well uh do i want my builds water failure deck do i want to play my uh ionia uh what is left or a pnz deck yeah right um and and here's a little bit of and, and this has come up a couple times and, and there's some people kind of we're unsure if this was cool or not uh, you don't have you never in no stage you have to declare your three decks so just a little bit of i guess metagaming here or maybe not metagaming is the right word gamesmanship you don't actually have to have three decks set aside once you lose or, or win with the deck you can go and look at your entire other rosters of decks you could have 30 decks in there mm, right interesting and you can say, well, I haven't declared a second deck yet. I haven't picked a second deck yet. As long as it's not the two factions I won with, I'm, I can, you can go and play that deck. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Now, as the person who lost, you do not have to play that deck because you're that, you, you, you can switch off. But you know, you've at declared. Any point. Yeah, but you've declared that deck. So obviously that's one of your three decks. So until you, you know, so once you've played a deck, we do, and, and this is not something we'll be able to like completely monitor. So we do ha ask a little bit of, you know, trust of you guys. And I, I know that our listeners and all, all the people in our discord are good people. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, we'll take it on a case by case basis, whereby if somebody reports and says, Hey, my opponent switched their, the after they played a deck that they declared, they switched that deck off and played a different one uh, of the same faction. So let's say, the one deck had Callista in it and the next deck has Maokai in it. You know, if that comes up, we're looking at kind of ironing out uh, some sort of system for that. Uh, but the bottom line is we, we don't want to have to police you guys. And Intense we're trying to make rules discipline. that... Right, we're, we're making rules and rulings and obviously they're tantamount to, to change, you know, but, um, but we're just trying to make it so that it's as easy on the player's to uh to play as possible so that's a frequently asked question uh and no you don't have to play the same decks week to week every week it's com it's completely different you can play anything you want it just it only locks in once you cue the deck yeah um, so that should clear up plenty of questions there um and you may not use your third deck 
in fact, I think most in most scenarios, unless you intentionally switch, you uh, don't need you, three. You don't need three decks. You really only need two decks, um, as unless you switch after losing. Um, so, like I said, we're just, just trying these rules out. We're trying this format out. We're going to see how it goes. Um, if you have feedback throughout, we will hear it, but we are not going to change it for this season. So that yeah. definitely doesn't mean don't feel like you you can't say, hey, I'd like to see this or hey, here's how here's one way that it worked, uh, you know, for me. And, you know, here's my experience with it. I think we'll probably put out a survey at the end of this season to see what worked, what didn't work, what we want to see change and i know we've already gotten some feedback from people who who wish it was more competitive and to that i say i totally understand but that's not the direction we're going towards yeah, we're looking to build community that's not the purpose of it and there's plenty of opportunities to play in competitive stakes you know with ban list and open deck list formats and whatever and yeah this is closed deck list it hasn't explicitly been stated but it's closed deck list um so you don't have to share your deck list with anyone so that's the idea Frequently asked questions. I hope we covered everything. Templar um, did again, get. We're looking at we're looking at the EU situation where we we're not going to be able to get them easily get them into the bracket tournament, but we are looking to have a separate prize for our EU players. We don't want you guys to go home with nothing uh, if you do win the EU um, situation. And heck, if we get enough uh, players and signed up for EU where we can do two groups, then the winner of each group can play off against each other. And and we're gonna definitely look at getting you guys something if you. If yeah. you do win. So if you're an EU player, we love you. Uh, we wish that we could just, you know, lump you in with all our NA players. Right now we've got, uh, well, as of a few days ago where this was checked, we had 26 players mm -hmm. for our league, which is great. Honestly, I'm, I'm thrilled at that. We've got seven EU. So I think if we get one or two more EU players, we'll be able to split into two groups. Um, which will be sick. I'm I'm really excited for that. I I want yeah, our EU great. people to feel loved. Um, so yeah, definitely sign up, guys. You have uh, as of Friday when this goes live, you'll have three more days to get signed up for our tournament uh, or our league. Excuse me, our Legends Cast League. So uh, definitely do so. And if you do have any questions, guys, um, you can go on into our Discord, go to the League General, and you can ping me. You can also ping Formula408. Formula is the guy who I've been working with uh, getting yeah, this he's set one up. Of our he admins. put up a little bit of the, the, the prize money himself. So awesome guy. Very, very helpful and, and keeping a close eye on this um, so that in, you know, between the you know us and Jeff and, uh, and Mark, we're going to be able to answer your question, one of us. So. Yeah, Templar yeah. in the chat did bring up a good point. He said people who do play uh, Kinko Elusives will get banned from the league, correct? <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, a that, really that's good a question. We're looking into. Yeah, we're, we're, we're looking, looking into that. Into if you cue that up. Elusive spammers mm -hmm. and easy karma. Yep. So we'll, we'll look into that. We're, yeah. we're looking into it. But hey, listen, there has been some cool announcements. We've got some cool announcements. We do want to get to a Fizz Spotlight, mm -hmm. but we got some cool announcements. Oh, I almost choked him on spit. Um, let's go ahead and talk about the news. Let's boogie. And that was the fun intro right there. Um, in the news this week, which was those. actually the news last week, we had something really cool come out, which is some new stuff and some new content that's going to be coming to Legends of Runeterra. So there was like a video of a couple of developers or... I don't know. They're from Riot, and anyway, they were they were Your doing devs. the devs. They were doing stuff on on their webcams and telling us about stuff that was coming. So first off, I think it's important to note that we're getting new cards. So we're getting yeah. 
every six months, we are going to get a large expansion with a bunch of cards um, that mm -hmm. I believe has an entirely new area, right? That has a faction, whole yeah. new faction with new champions for every existing faction as well every six mm -hmm. months. So I think that's like in August and then, you know, whatever six months after August is, um, whether it's like February or something like that. Um, so we'll be getting that. And then, February. yeah, February. And then every two months in between, so like get that for six months, two months later, you will get a smaller infusion of cards that does not, it's not a full expansion and does not come with a new area or a new faction. And then two months later, you'll get another small infusion of cards. So basically every other month, we are going to get new cards, but every six months, we that, that two month hit will be a big dump of cards um, with, an entirely new faction to be able to combine and play with stuff, which I think is really interesting because I was kind of like, how are they legitimately going to keep up with every three months putting out an entirely new faction with all new stuff whenever there's yeah. so much they can add to the existing factions already? So I'm actually pretty excited about this rotation. I think every two months is a good rotation for constantly changing the meta. And there's also the mm -hmm. fact that in between in those two month slots, they're going to be doing updates. So every couple of weeks, they're going to be adjusting cards. So you're going to get like a few cards adjusted. Then a couple of weeks later, you're going to get new cards. Then you get some cards adjusted. Then you get new cards and you get some cards adjusted. Then you're going to get a big dump of cards. So the meta will really, I don't know, maybe it will get boring for like half a week occasionally, but I think the meta is going to always be evolving with this new uh, with this new stuff, which is really exciting. Well, and keep in mind too, um, if we're looking at there, the efficiency, uh, at which we get received balance patch top notch, but also if we're looking at the efficacy of the patches that they do put in, and I believe I'm using that word correctly. Efficacy. I have no idea what um, that word is. Well, actually let's, let's do a quick, let's do a quick, uh, definition here. Uh, because now I'm, now I'm, you know, worried it may not be. Uh, yes, okay, I was correct. Efficacy is the ability to produce a desired or intended result. So this is the perfect use. I'm smart. Um, the efficacy of the patches that they've been putting out, largely they've been very effective at both, and I really hate this term because everyone says it and I get tired of hearing it, but shaking up the meta, uh, mm -hmm. but really um, adjusting the overtuned concepts to the point where we see new decks coming out and thriving um and i think we've seen that really well with the you know tempering championless burn but also tempering some of the top end karma control decks uh and what we've seen is a one an increase in the rate of play of frail yord uh two we've also seen an increase in the rate of play rate of play of mid-range decks um and tempo decks uh so we're getting these desired results i, I feel yeah, I um, think so. And too. keep in mind when mid range, I all of the best environments I've ever played in are when mid range is, you know, tier one. Um, and that's because aggro can beat mid range, aggro can get under mid range, and can control and control can stall out mid range. Um, but each of those things that doesn't devolve into a rock, paper, scissors matchup because mid range by nature uh is a flexible, I'm trying to handle multiple things at once. And those types of decks tend to win by smaller margins and are less, you know, uh, not isolated. I always forget this word, um, uh, polarized. You know, by nature, mid-range tends to be less polarizing. 
uh, for certain yeah. matchups. And obviously there are good matchups against certain mid-range and bad matchups against certain mid-range. But um, the other thing that you'll see right now is like, for instance, Yasuo. You were talking about how Yasuo you were playing and, and enjoying that. Well, Yasuo naturally absolutely falls apart against aggro. So when there's less aggro in the environment, we're seeing decks like Yasuo come out to literally manhandle mid-range and control. Uh, but specifically, I think board-based control is what Yasuo thrives against, in my opinion. Uh, it really, I think it's been super effective against deep, usually. Um, the problem with Yasuo in and of itself is just simply you have to, it's kind of like kind of like deep, but less effective in that you have to run this core group of cards. There's not a lot of flexibility in No, because you have to be able to stun you, stuff. Right. If you can't stun stuff, you can't play Yasuo. And so you end up running a very, the same packages and, and your tech choices Ionia really interestingly, this is a whole nother topic. Ionia has very few good cheap creatures mm-hmm. that aren't elusive. Sure. Um, they really don't have any defensive early game creatures by and large. I mean, like Shadow Assassin's really good, but it doesn't help you survive. It doesn't, you know, cement a board state. So they really have to rely on another faction to do that. Um, which is tough when Yasuo kind of needs to slow things down for the first three to four turns all right. because all the things Hold that they up. have are expensive. Hold up, I gotta. We gotta what? We can't. We can't go down the Yasuo train right now. Yeah, man. yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm just. I'm just <laughs> saying that. But uh, the only thing. The only. All my point was we're seeing Yasuo like move into relevance a little bit. We're seeing. Mm. Um, Frail Yord with both They Who Endure, which was already playable before, but we're seeing a more tempo build of that. We're seeing Sejuani tempo. You know, the, the balance changes too, by the way, of uh, Frail Yord creatures being, you know, them adjusting a couple three drops, them, you know, kind of tuning up a few a of the cards. Two drops too. Mm-hmm. Uh, three, uh, yeah, Starlight Seer. Three Seer. drops, definitely. Starlight Seer was Oh, right, up. yeah, mm-hmm. Starlight Seer has been, yeah, I mean, that's been great. And, you know, we were kind of looking at it like, what? But Starlight Seer has enabled a whole other branch of decks, one of which we'll hopefully talk about with uh, Fizz. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're seeing these desired results, and I can't tell you exactly what the devs specifically wanted to happen, but we are seeing results from the nerfs that aren't, too heavy-handed either in my opinion um because i still run into championless burn i still run into karma lux or easy karma you know so it's not like they're gone they're just um you know make their the margins uh of wins aren't as aren't as big they're smaller margins which in my opinion makes for a better game um so that being the case when we have these balance patches frequently, but also when we have these infusions of new cards, you know, anytime you get new cards and you're going to have that ridiculously unbalanced thing like Championless Burn. Um, but because where they're keeping the pace up, um, I, I'm not worried about ever getting bored with this game. Yeah. Uh, to your point. And it, but also to your point, you know what else this is great about this kind of m- frequent release schedule every two months? I was getting to the point where I'm worried. I was worried like I'm going to have too many resources to spend on things. Like I'm not going to have, I'm going to get all the champions pretty soon. And I haven't even been playing super like crazy about leveling up my, uh, you know, my rewards and my regions and stuff like that. You know, so I'm, I'm almost maxed out. I think I've got every common in the game. I think I've got almost every rare in the game, you know? So 
I was worried, well, we're going to be sitting with a lot of people with no collection building. And that's something that you've talked about in the past is collection building being really important to your enjoyment of a game. Um, so getting those smaller infusions before the big set is frankly, whether intentionally good or intentionally bad, it's going to bleed people's gems as they want to craft all that new stuff, not gems, uh, shards, shards whatever. yeah, shards, um, you know, uh, bleed those things before the big expensive 3000 shard champions come out. Um, so I think that's going to be really good for the health of the in-game economy. Yeah. I agree. And like this week, I was the first time today was the first time I got a champion that turned to shards. Um, and it was the first feels bad moment for that. So there's all <laughs> of these new cards coming out. That's very exciting. There's constantly going to be things to talk about. It is like a podcaster's dream. You never have to make up news. I remember when podcasters for Hearthstone that I would listen to would be like, well, there's really not much to talk about this week. So let's make something up and uh, or theory, you know, We'll, we'll never get away from talking about the news because there's going to be stuff coming. And with it comes three new modes of play because they've talked about really wanting to allow the community to engage in different ways of playing the game beyond the expedition draft and the ladder or the casual game. So the first thing that's coming out is going to be coming out on June 22nd and it's going to be called Gauntlets. Gauntlets are a competitive series types of games that have a new rule set, maybe on deck building or the way that you're playing with exclusive rewards. So you're going to be able to compete in these gauntlets. And I believe these are going to kind of be run a little bit like an expedition, like how many wins can you get? And it's going to have a, a slightly tweaked and unique rule set. I'm, I'm like 95% sure on that. And then it's going to have rewards that you're going to be able to receive. And if you come from Tesla, you are a little bit familiar with this model, right? We would get gauntlets that would have alternate arts for specific cards or card backs or all sorts of different special things, which is really cool. So gauntlets. The next thing on July the 8th, we're getting labs, which is a new thing. They're experimental modes um, with extreme changes, but they're built to be casual. And so I'm thinking that we're going sort of like the Hearthstone Tavern Brawl, right? If you if you played Hearthstone, Tavern Brawl was a weekly event that would come out and it would just it would be completely radically different. Sometimes you played one of the non-playable, you know, boss decks against one another. Sometimes you played together and trying to solve a puzzle. Sometimes mm -hmm. you played with only even cards, only odd cards, only rare cards, only let you know epic cards whatever it was they switched it up every week wild rules that gave minimal rewards but you would go in there and play it and it was fun and i loved tavern brawl so i'm very excited about labs and gauntlets were fun in in i think i'll be a lot worse than the, at them in this than i was in tesla but they were fun in tesla and then the last thing is events and that's going to be coming out in july and these are sort of i think longer range sort of uh, content. So um, th it says that there's going to be cosmetics that you're going to be able to earn for events, um, quests uh, that you're going to be able to get, um, and uh, upgraded rewards. So I, and I'm looking at some of the bullet points here of what they came out with, but I think that events are basically like, hey, for the next X amount of weeks, you can complete these sort of goals or these tasks or these quests. And if you do them, they'll unlock these sort of special cosmetic rewards that you can get, which is um, which is really cool. So they're gonna give us all sorts of new ways to engage with the game, which I think is important for the vitality, the health, the life of the game moving forward, is you wanna give people a new way when they log on, if you're like me and you're not really a ladder grind champ, right? That's not really who I am. I don't love that. Um, I don't mind playing on the ladder, but that's not the reason that I play card games. Um, this is mm -hmm. gonna give me new things to engage with because I mean, for people who want to hit 
you know, top tier every month, right? And that's their goal. That's still going to be what they're going to do. They don't have to mess around with any of this stuff. They don't have to play gauntlets, labs, or events. They can still spend their time grinding ladder. If you're like me, and if you get to gold most months, and you don't really care much higher you go, then you get there, and then in between you play some of these fun, different things. And uh, I think that's really good for the health of the game, and it's exceptionally good for the health of the casual gamer, guys. So even if you're competitive and you don't like these things because they don't really fit your bent, keep in mind that you don't actually keep the game alive. The game does not stay alive because you are hard grinding. The game stays alive because the average casual gamer plays the game, enjoys the game, and spends money on the game. And then the game sticks around so that you can grind on it. And so... Um, this is really great for the, I think this is great stuff for the actual average casual gamer who wants to earn little cosmetics and things and wants to play new and engaging stuff who maybe just sitting down to take a poop. And that's when they play legends of root Terra. Oh, Oh, there's a new lab. I can check this out. I'm going to go play this lab. And, and maybe that inspires them. Oh, that's a really cool cosmetic that goes around kind of the theme of my deck. I'm going to buy that. Um, that's yeah. a really good and healthy thing for the game. More modes is good. It's just good for it. So I'm really excited about this stuff. Really excited about it. Yeah, definitely. I it, mean, I think it's... Do you um, have one of the three that you're most excited for, DBN? Gauntlets, well, labs, or events? Uh, I think probably labs. I mean, events are cool, too. In fact, I, I... Well, okay, I do... I think I do like events a lot. Yeah. I've played I've like Gwent sometimes has like events where like you have like uh, you declare a lo faction loyalty for a little bit and then you get you level up that event tracker by doing different like mini quests and stuff like that for that event. Uh, I really enjoyed doing that when I played Gwent frequently and I don't play Gwent almost at all anymore. Not that I'm against Gwent. I still think there's some really cool things they've done. But right now the the game's too bloated. They need a rotation. Um mm. But, uh, yeah, no, I guess labs because I did do the tavern brawl every single week. And in fact, I, I'm going to go out there on the limb and say, I'm not saying, I'm not saying somebody else didn't simultaneously come up with it, but that first time a while back where they made a, uh, a tavern brawl, mm-hmm. Um, where you play three card, you pick three cards, and then you get six copies of it or whatever, ten yeah. copies or whatever. Um, as soon as it dropped, I came up with the idea of using Malkazar's Imp and the uh, Soul Fire or whatever it was the the discards, mm -hmm. and then the Jira Fist of Draxus. I immediately picked those three cards, which ended up breaking the format. So I'm not saying it was it was exclusively me who came up with that but i am saying after going 20 and 0 with it uh everybody got off their dumbass mana worm train and started playing <laughs> what i was playing uh so i felt pretty good about that i did love doing the tavern brawls i also really liked when they would do ones where like you do the co-op like i would mm -hmm. always do that with my dad i'd be like dad there's a co-op tavern brawl like let's yeah, do it fun. it was fun yeah uh yeah so no it's it's definitely i think i'd say I'd say labs because Tavern Brawl is just was one of my favorite things about Hearthstone. So I'm most excited for events. I love events and games. I love daily logging in to unlock new things and, and upgrade temporary experience bars and to earn cosmetics. Mm -hmm. 
I love that about games. It's one of my favorite parts about ESO. It's been one of my favorite parts about almost any game that has access to that sort of thing. I love in-game events. And so yeah. that is very exciting for me. I will play in the gauntlets too because it will challenge me a little bit. Um, but I love in-game events. So that that's super exciting. That's super exciting for me. Um, I think that's everything in the news. Um, do we let let's move on over to our champion spotlight. Oh boy, here I go. Okay, guys, our champion spotlight this week is for the last Bilgewater champion, so it could be our last champion spotlight. We may return to this segment in the future, especially when we get a new expansion, but we also may return to it to look at some champions that we haven't talked about much, especially if we both get excited about them or if they become really popular like Sejuani is right now. But our last Bilgewater champion that we haven't talked about yet is Fizz. Fizz is a one mana, two one uh, Yertle um, that reads, when you cast a spell, give me elusive and destroy any spells that's targeting him. So uh, if you attack with Fizz and someone targets him with a spell, you can play a spell and it will literally throw a trident at that spell and destroy it, which is an incredible, incredibly cool little cinematic thing that happens after you cast mm -hmm. six spells fizz levels up and he becomes a two mana three two and i can't remember does he have elusive are you looking at him right now dbn i, I... he gains elusive so, once you cast a spell oh he gains a spell once you cast a, uh, once you cast a spell he gains yeah, elusive. elusive the f for the round and then he loses elusive after the end of that round okay yes and he gets a new ability called Nexus Strike that adds a Chum the Waters into your deck, which is, I believe, a four mana, or into your hand, which is a four mana spell. And this isn't fleeting, by the way. It will stay in your hand. It is a four mana spell that gives a target vulnerable and summons Razor Jaw or something. He is a... Long tooth. Long tooth. He is a five one shark with two Overwhelm. Now. Five two five shark. Two. He just got, he got buffed. He is a five two shark with Overwhelm. So... Yep. Fizz is a really interesting creature champion because he wants to play with spells, but he also kind of wants to be aggressive in Chum the Waters. Maybe doesn't fit anything else that he is doing. He has been the champion out of Bilgewater that I've played the least of, and I'm by far the most confused about. But I know that DBN has some thoughts, um, and I would like to hear what those are before I share what mine are, because mine are worse. You share the better thoughts first. Okay. Um, first off, yeah, Fizz is right now a gimmick. Not a bad gimmick, but it's a gimmick in that uh, you kind of play one way the whole time, and it's hard to disrupt, but if it's disrupted, you kind of just lose the, lose the game. Uh -huh. Now, there's a few different ways to play with them. There's actually a build that my dad has been playing, Dad Broke Nerd or, or Dead Broke Dad, dead broke whatever you <laughs> prefer. Uh, I think he'd prefer if it was Dad Broke Nerd, uh, but uh, <laughs> it's a Dead Broke Dad. Uh, but anyways, uh, he's been playing a Fizz and Twisted Fate deck built around leveling both of them up. Um, lots of card draw, pushing damage with Fizz, but controlling the board with TF, controlling what kind of blockers they can get, um, and running a lot of burst spells. Um, and that's the key with Fizz. Fizz wants to play with burst spells. Fizz is a card that actually, in my opinion, makes the spell speeds of the cards very relevant and very interesting. Um, Fizz is going to, in my opinion, scale and viability based on the number of burst spells that are available. Right now, I think the best Fizz deck that I have 
found was one that Swim made, and I think it was designed to be kind of a meme, but I've actually won with it a lot more than I've lost with it. And you know what? You actually kind of described how Fizz you, he wants you to play spells, but also wants you to play aggressively, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if you recall, I said the exact same thing when a certain two-cost Freljord card got uh, buffed. Um, and that's the Starlet Seer. Starlet Seer. I said the exact same thing. Starlet Seer wants to play aggressively, but also play a bunch of spells. So this deck that I've uh, played a little bit, again, it's Swim's list. Um, it runs Fizz and Starlet Seer and no other creatures. Um, after that, really? it plays that's all it. spells. Yep. That's it. That's interesting. Um, well, and so the idea here is it's also running two entreats. If you remember that one, that's the two mana burst spell draw a champion and three shared spoils. That's a two mana burst spell. Grant the top three units in your deck plus one plus one and plunder draw one of them. So you play a Starlet Seer and or a Fizz whenever you get one. Um, and then once Fizz dies, you, you know, from what they killed it with or whatever, you play a shared spoils or an entreat uh, and get the next one out. Uh, Starlet Seers are going to eventually buff them, the ones that remain in your deck over time, to be really, really big. And then you just play one of your ridiculously, you know, frequent, you have, you have tons of them. That's what I'm trying to say. You have lots of spells to give him elusive and he goes and smacks the face. Um, it's vulnerable. It's vulnerable to enemy elusive, obviously, because they can just chump block with it. Um, but you know, between your, uh, and it does run two warning shots more just to be a burst spell, but between brittle steel and elixir vine, you're going to be able to trick trades if they do decide, you know, to try to take out your starlet seer with a challenge or something like that. They're also cheap enough. You're buffing with starlet seer. Um, you've got, uh, and this is kind of the crux of it. You've got little removal with make it rain, but the bigger thing is pocket aces to buff fizz and fizz loves pocket aces. It's one of his favorite cards because that buff sticks around. Yeah. It doesn't go right? away. Then you, yeah. Then you've got three fury of the North for pushing burst damage. When he attacks, you got salvages for refill. You've got pick a card for refill. Right, to keep those cards coming, keep playing stuff. And you're even running two Battle Fury to slam onto Fizz in the late game. Interesting. It is really cool. It's such a unique deck. There's really nothing else out there quite like it. Um, and yeah, is it gimmicky? Yes, 100%. Can it win? Definitely. That's interesting. I, I had not considered running a deck that ran very few creatures but was consistently buffing the Fizz. With the yeah, Starlet yeah, Seer. Well, That's interesting. It's really cool. It's really cool. And you have to be careful, too. You don't want to draw... You don't want to play Shared Spoils just for the buff. You want to play Shared Spoils to get the plunder. But sometimes you, you're not ready to plunder that Fizz. You want... or get you know Because with Shared Spoils, you get either a Fizz or a Starlet Seer. It's one or the other. Right? Uh -huh. But you don't want to draw all your Fizzes. No, it's a little you want vulnerable to just... The, because you want some in your deck receiving buffs from your Starlet Seers. So obviously, sometimes you need to play Entreat to, you know, get Fizz's elusive, uh, you know, equipped to him or to cancel something. But then that Entreat, you know, is going to draw Fizz. And sometimes you're not ready to draw that extra Fizz, right? Because you want that Fizz that you draw the second and the third Fizz, you want to be really big from the Starlet Seer. So it's a, it can be a little 
uh, tough. Sometimes you just you're like I've I've drawn two fizzes. I if I play the shared spoils, I have a you know three out of four chance to get a Starlet Seer, which I would much prefer to buff my third fizz. Uh, but then sometimes you'll just still draw that third fizz and be like crap. But yeah. you can still win if they don't have elusives to block. And anytime they want to kill Fizz, they usually can't because you'll just play more spells. And between salvage and uh, pick a card, you're drawing a lot of stuff. You know, you're, you're keeping your hand full, keeping your hand full of spells that can keep Fizz alive. So, yeah, it's really, really interesting. I do think just to just to push slightly against one of the points you made about Chum the Waters, Chum the Waters is not good. No, but it does sort of play with Fizz in that Chum the Waters will give Fizz that elusive for the round. Getting that initial elusive is actually really important. You don't want to declare an attack. The way to play around Fizz uh, is to let, uh, don't try to target Fizz until he's in combat because it forces the opponent, if they want Fizz to be elusive, they need to play a spell before declaring an attack. Yes. Right? Um, otherwise, you'll just get to block. Um and then once in combat, then if you target it with, say, like a get excited or something, then they'll have to play another spell to stop it. So you always want to wait till the fizz is in combat before you decide, okay, I, I want to try it. I want to at least try to disrupt fizz. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, avalanche or make it rain, they don't target. So uh, it still kills them. Fizz. So it would still actually still make it rain does target fizz. Uh, oh, it, you're right. It reads uh, it targets, randomly targeted, randomly targeted. Right. Because yeah, I yeah, play yeah. to make it rain against him, thinking I'll kill him. And Fizz not only he gets rid of the entire spell. So against yeah. make it rain, it actually will deal no damage to anybody. It doesn't just not deal damage to Fizz. It gets rid of the whole spell, including the other things it was targeting, mm -hmm. which is a really interesting little thing that happens. Right, but it should it should stop. Uh, it, Avalanche should still be good. TFs. Uh, ability yeah, should be good. That doesn't target it. This actually brings up another interesting point, which is that um, uh, I I am still waiting for that P and Z five drop that deals one to everything. Still waiting for that, that to be good. Play. Yeah, I still mm. think it, Kim Punk Shredder. I still think it's better than it. Just doesn't get the respect. I think I think it's I think it doesn't get the respect because it's in P and Z and not in a different faction. I think if Kim Punk Shredder was in like. Uh, Shadow Isles, it might see play. You know? Uh, Shadow Isles has uh, a five mana fast spell that does the same thing and heals you for three. Okay, but it doesn't put a creature on the board. No, but you can with play five it. Attack. it can, you can play it after your opponent attacks you. You can't play it. I mean, you can play... Yeah, but it doesn't put a creature on the board. Yeah. You, get, you get the effect and a 5-2. And a okay, okay. Like, that's that's valuable. Um, I, I, I stand by Kim Punk Shredder as being completely disrespected. Um, <laughs> and I've put it, and I've put it in a deck before. The problem is it just doesn't have a, it, none, it doesn't have a deck to go in from the P and Z champs, you know? Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, what was I, was I saying? Um, I don't, I don't yeah, know. We were talking Fizz about Fizz. Is, I've kind of gone all over the place. The other, oh, the other one thing I do want to ask a question about is, you know what else? What other card constantly intrigues me and I never put in the deck uh, is uh, looking for it now. The box. Oh, oh, sure. Yep. Mm -hmm. That card is interesting. I think it's good. And that one doesn't target. No, nope, it does not. It doesn't target. So if you want to, 
if you want to beat Fizz, play the box, apparently. Um, yeah, so anyways, that that that's my thoughts on Fizz. And, that, and the other thing I, I guess I want, did tell Mark is that I think Fizz definitely is going to get unlocked more and more the more cards we have, the more resources you have, the more things that can buff him over time. I think even just one more um, Bilgewater or Frailyard card that would buff uh, his attack permanently. And I, I know Take Heart does that, but it's really hard to get Fizz damaged because he's mm -hmm. elusive. Um, and he has one health but, to uh, well, right. I mean, but hopefully you're going to play like an elixir of iron or something if you need to keep him alive. But like Fury of the North only lasts for the round. Battle Fury lasts uh, for forever, so that's really cool. But right now it's just basically pocket aces that will stick, the mm -hmm. you know, effect that will stick as a spell. So one more of those, and you could kind of phase out. Active. You've got this build, just for lack of a better card, plays a double trouble. And... Uh, you know, and it runs some parlays, you know, and warning shots, although I think warning shots good. So the point is it even runs one copy of Chum the Waters naturally. Mm -hmm. So there's some slots that could be filled in this deck, much less a different build, you know, that maybe isn't quite as gimmicky. Um, some slots that could be filled uh, of just bad cards that are being that are forced to be run because of lack of a better option. Sure, sure. Well, yeah, I think that's interesting. And then that's, you know, I think that Fizz is probably the least glamorous and least played out of the Bilgewater champions that we saw. It's fitting that we did him last. I like him. I don't love him. And I am interested in playing this Starlight Seer deck because that's a really creative deck that I had, would not have thought of. I think that that's interesting and fun. Um, and, uh, and you can always, you know, use Plunder to be able to steal some creatures from your opponent's deck if you need creatures. Um, not that you should plunder because everyone hates it right now, but still, um, DBN, did we have a couple of questions that we wanted to look at? Sure. Yeah. I think, um, I think that we had, I think that more, we had one more little thing about fizz. About fizz. Uh -huh, yeah. And then I think we had two questions that we want to address. Yeah. Fizz's playful trickster is rough. What like his, his hero spell, uh huh. like playful trickster is really hard to use. Yes. Although, and that's part of, and it's overpriced in my opinion. I mean, it's literally a worse rally, or not rally. What was the what's the one from the Lucian one? Uh, and Damasia, oh, relentless three, assault, three mana rally, relentless yeah, assault. It's literally just it's a relentless assault with a prohibitive cost. And now I know theoretically it's supposed to be flavorful, and that like from from what I understand, like Fizz can like protect himself or something like that in League of Legends. Um. Yeah. You know, rem oh, remove an attacking ally, and then you could like play it again or protect it from a trade. But really, all it does is be a harder to use, relentless, relentless assault, relentless pursuit. I think is maybe what I can't. Whatever, remember. whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Relentless, yeah. relentless, Lucian. relentless pursuit. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do agree with that. His, it, I. There was a couple of times where his champion spell was really cool, actually, where my opponent was completely out of mana, and I had a fizz and a Teemo on the board, and Teemo was leveled up, and I attacked. And then pulled Fizz back to my hand to rally, and then got to attack again with my Teemo, and I got like three hundred puff caps in his deck, um, which was super fun. And that was like the only yeah. time that that came into play because I never run that card. I just had a Fizz in hand and a Fizz on board, and I was able to rally to double attack with my Teemo and double quadruple the amount of puff caps that I put in his deck, which is just foolishness, but it was, he quit. It was funny. Um, it was funny. We, yeah. Okay. So we have a couple of questions that we want to address that came in on the discord. So uh, DBN, if you want to bring those up and then we can, we can chat about those for just a few minutes before we get out of here. 
Yeah, sure. So let's see. Uh, if not, I know I can remember one off the top of my head. If you want me to start with that, okay, one. go ahead with that. Okay, I'll, I'll look for some more. So I think one of the ones that had come in that was off the top of my head, it was, it, it was basically this: What new region of the Runeterra universe would we like mm -hmm. to see added to the game? And I don't remember who posed this question, and I think it was more detailed than that. But I do remember that because I was interested in it. What new region? Oh, that's uh, Matram Kauthan. Okay. Yep. Kuth Kuth. Kothan. Mm. Not sure how to say. At least you're the one Matrim. pronouncing the name we'll of this, this episode. Matrim. Yeah, about what new faction would we like to see? Do you know many of the factions that are in the game that we haven't had yet, uh, DBN? Um, I am familiar with seven factions. Okay. So, uh, Bandle City is one of them, evidently. <laughs> Bandle City uh, is full of Yurtles. So it's all the Yurtles. It's interesting that Bandle City has Teemo in it, and Teemo is already in P and Z. But Bandle's, Bandle City is one of them, and it's full of, like I said, uh, Yurtles. We have Xtal, mm -hmm. I-X-T-A-L, and uh, this has a lot of sort of like uh, jungle-y stuff. It's kind of like Amazonian Ooh, jungle. Cool. So uh, it has like Nidalee who throws spears and transforms. It has Rengar, the uh, assassin who lives in the jungle. It has Nico, um, who's kind of like a tree creature. Uh, and Malphite, like the giant rock elemental. Um, and then uh, we have... So Pultover is its own thing, and Zon is separate from it in this, but Sharima, Sharima, Sharima is another faction, and it is sort of like the Egyptian-themed faction. Oh, I'd like to see that. Okay, so it has like... I'd, uh, like, to, I'd like to see Egyptian-themed. Egyptian uh, themed. Yeah, 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 because I, I do enjoy... I want to play an alligator. I always liked the Ooh, Egyptian Renekton. alligator god. There's a giant alligator sure. named Renekton. There's Nasus Is that, he from there? Yes, yes, he's from there, a giant oh, alligator. I, that's that's what I want to play. Named Renekton. I like gators. Um, we have Targon, which is another faction that we haven't seen yet, and this has a lot of sort of like the moon uh, the moon and goddess type of characters. So um, Diana, uh, Pantheon, Soraka, Leona, sort of like sun and moon-styled stuff. The last one is the Void, and the Void is exactly what you would is think this some, it is. some, like, Eldritch Horror shit? Um, it is a little bit more. So Cho'Gath, which is, like, a big monster that devours things. Uh, uh, mm. Kha'Zix, which is, like, a bug assassin. Um, Ooh, that sounds fun. Yeah. Is, that like, is that, like, Nyx Assassin or Anubarath? No. Uh, it's not, Aww. like, a, no. No, it, it it looks a lot more. Yeah, yeah, or it's like Anubarak. Anubarak. Yeah, so it it is like it is like that in the sense that it's a bug, but it's not like that in the sense it's not a giant beetle. He looks more oh. like a wasp than a beetle, I would say. Darn. Maybe. Okay. Um, but you Ooh, also have. I don't Kais. like wasps. You don't like. <laughs> Ooh, I'm done oh, with no. it. Um, Gross. Don't so, want him. So those are the different factions. DBN, you're sold on. You want to see the the Egyptian faction. Yeah, Egyptian faction or like uh, maybe the the one that South American themed one. I do enjoy like uh, kind of the Aztec, Mayan, Incan mythology. Yeah, so I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, um, I think that one would be cool. And Rek uh, Rangar in that, like the the lion assassin, is a really cool champ. That'd be that'd be cool. I, I'd be I'd be interested in seeing that for sure. Um, so one of those two. I just think something to maybe break off the. You know, break away from the Eurocentric factions that we've gotten like a lot of. Mm. You know, just because yeah. 
let's just mix it up. You yeah. know, I mean, we basically have we basically have uh, Freljord, Demacia, uh, PNZ. I mean, PNZ is just weird. Yeah, I it's guess. its own just thing. I mean, exists in its own thing, but it's basically steampunk Victorian England. You know, you have the I Norse. Mean, we've got yeah, we got Norse, Norse. We the got Romans. that. We, yeah. So I mean, we've got a lot of that. We got pirates. You know. Uh, so it, like I said, I would love to see something a little bit less Eurocentric just to keep the flavor fresh, you know, I would really like to see the void. Um, I think that the void would add cool new flavor. It would be kind of like a darker style faction. I really like Kaisa, who's like a female assassin from that faction. I really mm-hmm. like Kogma, who is like this, this this monster this little tiny monster that like with all fangs that like spits acid at everything i think that thing's kind of cool um i uh velkaz is cool too which is kind of like a floating eyeball that shoots lasers um so it's like a little bit space a little bit eldritch horror i think the void you like eldritch horror I think that'd be fun. Yeah, I, I am playing Bloodborne again, so that's partly why. So that that has <laughs> that has sparked your interest. So I really like yeah. that. I I that the void is the one. Um, I think the void is the one that I wouldn't mind seeing, and there's a couple of of champs in that that I wouldn't mind seeing. I'll be honest though, what I'm most excited about above everything else is I actually think the Shadow Isles champion, um, which I'm not. Oh wow, I definitely thought he was Shadow Isles, but maybe he's not. Um, Kindred is the one that I'm most excited about. And I assumed that he was Shadow Isles, but I I didn't see him when I clicked the button. So maybe he's not. Um, you know, there's some in existing factions that I am excited about for sure. But that was one. Yeah. Um, what was our other I question? Also oh, think, I also think somebody, I think Laser said that there was a faction that was kind of like, like Faye related. I think that'd be cool too. Yeah, I think that I is do love me some some fay. I think that creatures. is this this sort of like South American style faction is like a mm-hmm. little bit of that. Like Nico is um is sort of like a, a dryad almost. And then you oh, you yeah. have you have Zyra who is like um part like vine. She's sort of like part poison ivy the villain from Batman a little we'll bit. Just make a full Batman crossover set. Yeah, you know? that's what we should do for sure. <laughs> yep. I can't wait to play two face against my opponent's Garen. Um uh, I would play that all day. I love it, two face. It's funny because Magic the Gathering is trying to pull that stunt right now because they just printed a whole series of cards that are the exact same cards that already exist, but they are all Godzilla themed. I know I really want to get a copy themed. of Godzilla. I'm sure. I really want that. I don't know how to get it. I want it though. They're not cheap. <laughs> see, it makes me want to play Magic because I love Godzilla. You see, look what it's doing. See, I hate Magic, and it makes me want to play and spend money because I can have a card of Godzilla. That's how they so do it. Cross promotion works. Yep, that's, that's how, how they, they get do you. it. That's how they get you. Uh, they probably piss off all their stalwart fans in the process, but hey, you got me interested. <laughs> yeah, they make somebody mad somewhere. Uh, tell me. Um, so, what's the other question? Another question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, okay. So we've kind of gotten two questions in a similar. Well, so so uh, Escher asked, uh, "What region do you think we'll see uh, in August?" So, do you want to like put your money down on one of them? Uh, I, I think that it, I think it's already, I feel like it's already figured out. I think it's Targon. Which that, is, which that's, one that's again? the sun and moon. That's the sort of sun and moon oh. 
do we, do we, do we have thing. a hint that it's that? I think that there, there was. I, I think seen. that there was a hint. I thought that there was. Maybe oh. I'm wrong about that, but I thought that they sort of data mined some stuff at the same time that they got the the data mined. I, th I thought that, I thought it was the same stuff that got data mined right about the time that we got um that we knew we were gonna get bilge water. We well, also we thought we were gonna get Tom Kench, so. Well, I think we are going to get Tom Kench. I think in the August release, every existing right. faction is getting a new hero, and Tom Kench mm. is going to be the one that's going to come out for Bilgewater. Because we also, mm -hmm. I think, got Trundle voice lines for Frailyord, but we got Sejuani. So I think we're getting Trundle. Supposedly, we'll get Trundle and in Tom Kench, and I think Targon. But if I had to, if I had to put my money down, I think that that is likely. Honestly, I think whatever faction comes out next. It will have a lot more to do with what champions are most popular in League of Legends. Yeah, because I think they're going to try to go ahead and bet. I'm going to go ahead and bet on the Egyptian one because Egyptian themes are popular. Um, that is true; they are popular right now. Ankh is a great yeah. board game. Uh, I hear, and that one just came out on Kickstarter. Ankh and uh, Matram uh, has put their own money on Sharuma, uh, just for everyone else's edification so there we have it Shurima? we have three different opinions okay Sh sharima maybe sharima i mean whatever they are sharima sharima although that, that's uh, potato, uh potato. that's the egyptian one. Oh well then good that then we're on board so it's yeah. two against one and we i win. lose yeah um hell riot so okay um we, let's see yeah oh, we have the like other a question, question from, that came in today uh yeah, from uh, Gibbles and Bits, mm. uh, my buddy. Uh, Gibby asks, uh, here's a question. Given the unique turn windows in LOR, in LOR, what is a keyword that you would like to see added? Uh, I think a wager dual mechanic for a powerful effect similar to Focus from old 5R would be cool here. Uh, I do know what he's talking about. Yeah, I have no um, idea, but he, he But maybe he with spell mana. If the defender wins, maybe it fizzles or has a negative effect, making it a risk. So kind of what's what's interesting here is uh, in both old 5R and new 5R, there was a mechanic called dueling, where basically, and well, they work differently, but you effectively wager some of your stuff and your opponent can wager against you. Um, and there would be usually a beneficial effect if you won or, and or a detrimental effect if you lost. But there was always the you know thing of, if I want this effect, I'm wagering something, I'm risking something. You know, mm, okay. Um, and so what's interesting here is I think that's hard to program. Uh, and I think both of those games were designed from the ground up with dueling to be implemented. So it's going to be a little harder to implement it here. But what he did hit on that I thought was really interesting is the idea of spell mana using spell mana in different ways. Um, I think we could totally see a uh, mechanic whereby creatures could come down. Uh, with extra stats based on your spell mana. Oh, that's interesting. Um, that's something that was used in versus system that was not a very popular keyword, by the way, or mechanic, but it was called boost, whereby if you play, you could play an understated creature, an undercurved creature, let's say a three drop, and it would have like a boost two. So let's say you draw this three drop on like turn seven, and you mm -hmm. didn't have an, you couldn't spend all your mana anyways. Well, that three drop, you know, maybe it's boost two was get plus three plus three, right? Okay, well, great. So now my my two drop is becoming a little bit more useful in that mid to late game with um, 
the mana that I wasn't going to use for something either. Similar to like the, uh, the was it the Dragon Cult Ghost or whatever from oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Tessel, yep. right? Where you could come down, it would, but instead maybe of it, you know, being any mana, it would be with like spell mana, you know, mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, so I think a, a way to use the spell mana in for non-spells, you know, a creatures that could use it. Um, or, and here's another thing, on the flip side, this is actually something I kind of thought about from Minion Masters. There was a mechanic by which um, some of the uh, creatures in Minion Masters, which is a really interesting sort of a card game, not really, uh, but if you had a mana threshold, um, they'd get an additional effect. So what could be really interesting is creatures that say when you have like a uh, full mana, they have like, you know, mana rush or something like that. If you have a full spell mana bar, oh, okay. they, they have a, a bonus effect, you know, gain overwhelm and plus two plus two while mana rushed. So oh, that's interesting. incentivize you to not spend your spell mana, which automatically gets spent by the way, when you play a spell, um, and you could say, okay, I need to play the spell, but I also have this mana rush minion. Um, crap. I swing, and maybe after the effect, attack goes through, I play my spell. Or, okay, I need to give up mana rush here so that I can play the spell to trick this trader or whatever, or to survive a different trade, right? So it's got that that thing that I look for in a mechanic, which is like some give and take. Some It's not always here or always not here. I look for things where there are situations where it's useful situations where you give it up willingly. Um, so that could be really cool. Plus, you could also theoretically build a deck with no spells. And instead, you, you never spend that spell mana because you want mana rush. And that's yeah. a deck building restriction, right? And it's But at some point, you have to pass enough so that you get three spell mana banked kind of like you do with like when you want to play retribution on three to trigger your mage seekers you pass one and two to make sure you get that spell mana banked i think that would be a really interesting way to play with spell mana because i think i think gibby hit on a really neat thought there which is using spell mana in more unique ways because i think that's one of the founding the building blocks that makes runeterra so cool i agree yeah i think that uh I, I didn't get that creative. I like that idea. I'm going to be boring. I'm going to be boring. My prediction oh, okay. for a new keyword that I think the game probably is going to need that it doesn't have yet is something like mm-hmm. Death Touch. I think that um, a, a creature that once it damages Ooh. something just kills it. Um, most games have something like that. It does help keep some stuff in check. Um, I don't want it to be widespread. I don't want it to be able to give it to everything. But I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see something like that. And it would be less like lethal. Yeah. yeah, like lethal, like lethal, like death touch. I know that's really boring. That's really because it's just like a common keyword that's in a lot of other card games. But I expect to see that at some point, although I would much rather see this mana rush idea or something like that because it is. I think it's cooler, and they've already proven that they're willing, like, the the back and forth between Challenger and Vulnerable is a very mm. cool thing. It's a very cool thing. I think that might be one of the best core mechanics that come out of Bilgewater is Vulnerable. I think it's a very, very cool mechanic. Uh, and so maybe they'll get more creative than that, but I do expect there to be some point where we get some new cards with some new mechanics, and one of them is going to be like a death touch or a lethal type of mechanic. If you play, if you have death touch in this game or lethal or whatever, um, 
I think you need to have it so that it works like quick attack where it only works while the while you're the attacker. Sure. Um because if you give death touch to a defensive trade priority, which is what Runeterra is, mm-hmm. like it, it that's going to completely neuter any go tall decks. And barrier being the answer to it, uh, barrier is already weaker than ward or divine shield and hearthstone or tessel because it only lasts for the turn. Mm-hmm. So I think that if you're going to go with the death touch effect, it needs to only be while attacking. And then maybe there's a champion that says your death touch minions have death touch while defending or something like that. Yeah, that could be cool. You know, where you build your deck around it. And See, all- I could be a game designer. And honestly, even if it wasn't like a keyword, if I think it will come out on, let's just say it's a champion. So let's say Zyra who summons plants. This is prob- this is hypothetical. It probably won't happen. But Zyra mm-hmm. summons plants. Let's say her plants have a new keyword on them. And it's really only on her card and around her champion. So the only way you get access to this is through that specific champion in that specific faction. Maybe not a widespread because of the defensive priority that you get. But um, yeah, that, you know, yeah, I think that that would be, I, I agree with that. I agree with that assessment. Uh, I'll, I'll say that. Yep. I agree with that assessment. Um, is that it? Is that our questions? I think that's it. Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Okay, okay. Well, we got to get ready to get out of here, but before we get out of here, I do have a closing thought. And I thought I was already perfect. So, guys, my closing thought this week uh, has to do a little bit with what's going on in the world as a whole. We have been in a wild place over the past couple of months. And there's been a significant amount of chaos that's gone along with that. And I'm not saying anything for or against anything at this point. I'm just going to go back to what I had made a point of previously, which is do your actions actually get what it is that you want to get? So I had this exact same conversation with a bit of a, a grouping of college students. I live in a really rural place in Western Pennsylvania who were just terribly confused about everything that was going on in the world. And they wanted to meet and talk about it. And they had a, one of them came and they had just come from a Facebook argument with a close friend in which they felt like that friend was telling them that they were a racist, which they are not. And we came from that conversation and, and they, they were arguing back and forth over Facebook posts. And finally, I said to him, what is it that you want when all of this is over, when this is done, when you get back to some semblance of normal life after COVID-19, you want to still be friends with this person. And this person doesn't honestly believe you're a despicable or awful human being. So what do you want? Is it more important for you to have the friendship or is it more important for you to be right? And I think that's an important question that every one of us has to ask ourselves. And this is a question that I have to ask myself in my job and outside of my job, in my life, in my marriage all the time. And I think it's really important for relationships. And it's this very simple question. Do you want to be right or do you want to be unified? Do you want to be right or do you want to be unified? Because a lot of people in our world are shouting and yelling because they want to be right. And honestly, all of these things that have gone on in our world over the past several months are fighting to seed disunity. 
They're fighting to divide people and split people, which is the ultimate evil that ends up going on. When we become split and ununified and we dislike and hate one another, it ends up breeding all sorts of horrible things, not just for our culture and our country, but for us as individuals. And so I think this is an important question that we need to go back and think about on a regular basis. What's most important for me here? And this can get down to like the nitty gritty small things like my wife and I in our house. It, I think that we should load the dishwasher one way and she thinks that we should load it another way. Is it important for me to be right or is it important for me to be unified? Because I can have one of those two things, but I often cannot have both of those things. And in the end result, in the end of the day, if I'm right, but I'm divided from people, am I better off? And most often I'm not. I'm not saying don't have a backbone and I'm not saying don't have beliefs because I certainly have strong beliefs and I certainly have a backbone. But in many situations, it's better to take a road that leads to unity than it is to take a road that leads to you being right and ultimately then alone. So it's more of a rambling words of wisdom or closing thoughts than normal. But there's a lot going on in our world right now, and I think it's important for us to have the skills necessary to be able to maintain unity and important relationships in our lives amongst all of the confusion and the uncertainty. There, that's my closing thought. The most awkward part of every closing thought is ending <laughs> it always. I think, just to chime in on that too, I think it's it's not always incorrect to say, you know, I'm not going to continue this friendship. I mean, there's, there's certainly an element of, you know, you, you're never obligated to maintain any relationship that you feel is detrimental to you, uh, or really one that, you know, you don't feel respected in. So, I mean, there's certainly an aspect there, but I think the best part about what you just said is that you need to understand, you know, the dynamics and the risk associated with it. Absolutely. You need to understand. You need to understand the the stakes. You need to be aware that, um, you know, I think there's a lot of situations whereby, yeah, there are people that, you know, hey, you, you don't agree with me, um, and that makes me upset. And that makes me mad, and I'm upset with you because you think differently than me, and and that's okay. It's okay to, yeah, it's okay to grow out of a friendship. It's okay to move on from someone that you feel is not worthy of your affection, your time, your respect. Um, so I, you know, that's really important to know, but you do have to acknowledge that um, there is, there are times where you do need to say, we don't, we're not in complete lockstep, but I I want to look at your heart and understand, you know, where you're coming from. And also I want to take a step back and say, Hey, let me show you where I'm coming from too. And I think that, I think the biggest thing that any of us, you know, talking to people about any of these issues can do is to be better listeners, mm. to be more informed. Um, because that's, I think the only way that we're going to have that level of unity is, and it's, and it's like you said, it's, it's not lacking a backbone. It's not, you know, not having beliefs. If anything, you need to have both of those things because you need to be able to say, this is my thought process and I need to eloquently, uh, but also patiently 
help people understand that and then be willing to listen to somebody else's approach too and say, I know where you're coming from now. Even if we don't draw the same conclusion, you know, let's at least work towards that understanding. And that is unity, you know? Yeah, the desire to be right so oftentimes prevents us from ever having conversations and growing. And Mm -hmm. this incessant need to be the one who took the right stance and is at the right place and I am right sometimes destroys. And so we sat around and had this conversation with these college students and what we walked in with and we realized partway through is we didn't actually understand the issue. They didn't actually understand the issue. And we were able to sit and have this conversation. And when we left, the next week, one of the guys came back and he said, man, I had been sitting around for so many days, sleepless nights, watching Facebook and getting upset. And I realized that the solution was not sitting around and watching Facebook and getting upset, but it was sitting down in circles like we did last week and having a conversation and growing our understanding of one another. And what being right does is it prevents that. Not that you need to be wrong, but having an obsession with having to be right prevents you from being able to sit down and have these conversations and walk away with different opinions, It's but to come together. And that's so important during a time like this. Yeah, it's not, all, it's not even about being right. It's about making everyone know that you're right, proving it, <laughs> sure. and making everybody, I think, I think that's, the, that's it, you know, being right, everyone should strive to be right. You know, but it's that idea of proving I'm right to everyone that can sometimes cloud judgment, I think. And and yeah, Man. definitely it's it's a it's a tough situation because you know, we all want to be uh empathetic. I'm well, I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and say deep down everybody wants to be a good person. Um I I, I definitely think there are people there that are you know, the exceptions to that rule, but I, I want to believe that everybody, people lack the knowledge, people lack the understanding, and it's it's very difficult to work with those people. Um, and you have to sometimes decide, is this the, the battle I want to fight on this situation? Sometimes it is. And sometimes whether it's walking away and saying, I'm giving up this relationship, or it's saying, okay, I need to invest more time into this person, you know, and, and, and shake them off of whatever that you perceive to be there. But, but the yelling, uh, I think rare, very rarely helps. I, and I'm someone extremely guilty of, you know, I'm right. And the only way I feel I can convey it is if I yell. Mm. Um, and that's something that in, in the past for me has been very tough to navigate. And, you know, there's still times when I, when I'm bad about that, uh, the Frisbee field being one of them, uh, (laughs) you know, uh, so there's so much nuance to this world. And, and part of the, part of the difficulty I think is knowing when and how much and what to express. But I think just being conscious of that dichotomy of, you know, you need to say something, but how much you say, you know, and how you say it is also very important. Yeah. Well, hey, man, this this is why we podcast together. You round it. You yeah. rounded out this closing thought really well, because you, you, you know, anytime you give words of advice or thoughts, it can be taken to the extreme. And you were able to jump in there and be like reeling some of that back in today. And I appreciate that. Oh, that well, was it's, helpful. It's more that. 
it's more it's no it's more it's more just me this is something i've been thinking a lot about and partly you know in full disclosure why we didn't do anything last week was because i had all these other thoughts about the world at large and i felt like i couldn't i felt i felt like i sh- i shouldn't podcast because I, I felt like like you said at the beginning of the episode it just didn't feel like a good time to be geeking out over a card game which in all the grand scheme of things isn't that important but i also just had such a hard time kind of sitting there and and processing how and what and how much to say on any one thing mm. um because i'm all, i've always been you know i don't like having a platform you know uh and it's it's unfortunate in many ways that I do have one because then I feel obligated to do something with it. Um, so I, I guess all I, I'll say is just, we just, everyone can stand to do a lot more listening. And that's, that's where I'm at. Great words of wisdom for the end of the show, man. Great words of wisdom. We got to get out of here though, dude. It's been a long show and that's a great thing because we missed a show last week. Um, although we talked a lot of banter in the beginning, so that's probably the lion's share of the problem. <laughs> um, but uh, man, how can people find you and how can people get connected to what you're doing? Well, I am trying to do more YouTube. I said, I've been saying that for forever, but I do have uh, a video on that Callista and Lucian uh, deck that you can find on my YouTube page, Dead Broke Nerd. Pretty easy to find. I think the deck's pretty cool. Let me know what you think. Um, but besides that, uh, you can also find me on Twitter. I don't tweet much. I'm a notorious social media lurker and not a hmm. talker. Uh, so I I don't use my Facebook at all except for the Messenger app. And, <laughs> and I uh, my Twitter is basically me reading nerdy people's posts so, <laughs> but you can uh dm me if you have a question about something but the better way and the best way to get in touch with me is really through our discord yeah i can't recommend it enough the people there are just so caring and thoughtful uh and cool and smart interesting so and all those great adjectives yeah all those great adjectives are why you should check out our discord because they think and I've, I've, it's been growing a lot, and I, I've been worried that it would get to the point where it wasn't as manageable. We, we lost that small community feel, and so far, uh, that has not been the case. And I've just been really impressed with the, the quality of individuals who've been joining us over there. So, absolutely, um, yeah. Yeah, come join the Discord. If you want to yeah, find sure. me, uh, find me at twitch.tv slash the lift. Um, and then beyond that, find me on Discord. And if you're going through a tough time or you're trying to sort through this stuff, I don't need to give you advice, but I would be more than willing and would love to listen to you and pray for you. So if you uh, want that or that's something that uh, would be helpful to you to have someone to listen to you, to have someone who's actively praying for you outside of being a podcaster, which I do as a hobby and a creative outlet. I'm a pastor full time and have been for a decade. Um, and so if you have questions or you're just, I don't know, shooken up with what's going on in the world right now and you just need someone as a sounding board or um, you need someone to listen to you that's outside of your context that literally doesn't know where you're from or what your family's like. Um, I can certainly be that. I can certainly be one of those individuals for you. And so that's my heart. My heart is to shed light um, into an otherwise dark world. And in many ways, the video game world is awesome. And in some ways, there's some really dark corners of it. And and, and sometimes those corners are rather large. And so um, if you're if you're feeling down, you just need some encouragement. Reach out. Please reach out. But that is almost I, I like podcasting and it is a good creative outlet for me. 
But honestly, the main reason that I podcast is to connect to people and to help people. That's what I'm doing it for. And that's what gets me here late on Wednesday nights um, to talk about Legends of Runeterra. And it's what gets me to play the game sometimes um, is my desire to connect with people and to help people. And so, um, yeah, please take that as an opportunity and, and, and jump in. I would love to would love to get to know you better and, and hear about your life. So, yeah, that's going to do it for me. That's how you get connected with me. Um, visit us over at patreon.com slash legendscast join our discord leave us a five star rating and review on iTunes all those things help us and we really appreciate it and it gives us a great deal of encouragement it's one of the best ways that you can encourage us um, and we love that so thank you so much for being such an awesome yeah, community yeah I love those five star reviews baby love them in the comments they make me feel good Yeah, we have 23 reviews now oh man 20... let's get to 24 that's an even number is it driving you nuts I don't like odd numbers. Oh, my bad, dude. 22 of them are five-star reviews, though, if that makes you feel better. Oh, oh, that, that actually does make me feel much better. Okay, good. Yeah, that one two-star review. That yeah. one guy. Uh, you know, bringing our average down. That one guy. Someone's got to do it. Yeah. If it wasn't to. him, someone would have done it just to spite us. So. Yeah, my head, my, head would be too, my head would be too puffed up. Um, okay, guys, that's going to do it for this episode of Legends Cast. I think it's season 218, I believe. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and be sure to come back and catch us next week. Thanks for listening to Legends Cast. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you want to become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash legendscast or leave a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts.